0: You are locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello there, and welcome to Locked On Suns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Kellen Olson, your host of Locked On Suns. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. That is at Locked On PHX Suns. Remember, we are giving you episodes every weekday throughout the regular season. The best way to keep up with us is on our Twitter. That is once again at locked on PHX Suns. In the bio, there you can find the subscribe link to our iTunes, another good way to keep up with every daily episode coming out. And follow me on Twitter and follow my co host on Twitter at ehouse underscore MR61. That's Eddie House, of course, and myself at Kellen Olson. And then brightsideoftheSun.com is also the site where you will find our episodes being posted every weekday. No Eddie House today, as you could tell by me not introing him there in the beginning. It is just me. Eddie is actually calling the ASU game tonight on the Pac-12 Network at 7 o'clock. So be sure to tune in and tweet at Eddie. Let him know how he's doing and how his Sun Devils are doing. They open the season tonight at 7 o'clock. Once again on the Pac-12 Network today. We have three topics in mind that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about Brandon Knight because I feel like these next couple of games are sort of going to dictate. If Knight doesn't start to turn around his poor play to start the season, I think it's going to get very interesting to watch and see how this goes because he's only averaging 19 minutes a game in the last four games, and we were all expecting him to have pretty much a starter's equivalent of minutes or somewhere around 25 to 30 minutes, like 28 to 32 minutes, somewhere around there. That has not been the case. He's averaging 25 minutes a game on the season, of course, but in the past couple of games, it's gone down, and it's going to be something to monitor in the future. And then, of course, as always, we are going to preview the weekend games. The Suns play two. They play home against the Brooklyn Nets, who are actually quite a fun team to watch this year, in my opinion. If you haven't been keeping up with the NBA as a whole, you're probably thinking that game on Saturday is going to be a stinker with the way the Nets were last year. But under new head coach Kenny Atkinson, He's really turned them around, and they're actually a fun team to watch. They really play hard for him. Kind of similar to what we saw from the Lakers in their win over the Suns. Luke Walton had guys like Nick Young and Jordan Clarkson playing really hard on defense. And you can tell when players just buy into a coach and really play hard for them, and they do for Kenny Atkinson uh, over there in Brooklyn. So it's going to be fun to watch them. And then, unfortunately for the Suns, they have a back-to-back, and they go to Golden State on Sunday against... Warriors now that is a Sunday afternoon game I believe so things can get a little bit messy there in terms of uh some teams not showing up in uh and some some teams not being ready for that game I'm of course alluding to perhaps Golden State coming out a bit sloppy to start that game but the Suns have had their test of the Golden State Warriors already and failed uh the Golden State Warriors just rode Steph Curry and Kevin Durant of course on the latest matchup so we'll talk about it later on the show but a Of course, first we are going to discuss Brandon Knight. Uh, Knight's year this year, he is shooting 36% from the field. He's averaging 12 field goal attempts per game on 25 minutes. That equates to a pretty high usage rate, actually, and that does check out. His usage rate on the season is 25.9%. That is very high. So the offense is really running around Brandon Knight when he comes into the game, and he's only shooting 36%, which is... Really all you need to know, they're running a lot of offensive possessions around him and the stats don't point towards it being a positive for the team. He's shooting 36% and then only 27% on three. So even in a more supplementary role, perhaps where we see him just knocking down open shots or hitting threes, he's shooting 27% from three on 3.3 attempts per game. And the interesting thing is looking at Brandon Knight's shot chart and seeing where it's going wrong necessarily. And at the rim is the main place to look at. He's shooting 16 of 35 from the rim. Only 46% at the rim. The league average is 56% this season, and he is at 46 And then the surprising thing, really, with Knight's game um, and looking at this chart is that you he's a decent finisher. He's got floaters in his game and things like that, but at the top of the key, uh, inside the free throw line and then on the right side, so like inside that mid-range area sort of where you get into floaters and short little finishers, he is a combined 3 of 14 from the top and the right side. On the left, he's actually three for five, if we're looking at the shot charts via NBA.com, their stats page. But then looking outside of that, the mid-range area, again, not seeing too much success. There is an area on the right side where he is shooting three of five from the field, 60%. And that's really where you want to see him start to get going because, of course, those long twos are where Knight really looks to get some of his offense. And then, of course, on th- At three-point range, it hasn't been that good. The left corner, actually, he has three of six for 50%. And I think what that can indicate a little bit, to me at least, is that when he is sitting in the corner as opposed to running the offense, he's having a little bit more success shooting the ball. Of course, if you go to the other corner, the right corner, he's one for five for 20%. So maybe I just killed my own theory there. But at the top of the key and on the two wings where he's looking to really create more of his own offense, that's where the struggles are. Oh, for three from the right wing, one for five from the top of the key and three for 11 from the left wing so overall it's been a really bad start for bray tonight and the surprising thing about the bad start for bray Knight is that his energy has been there his defense has been there if you look at his advanced stats to start the season his offensive rating which is the number of points scored per 100 possessions by a team when he is on the floor is 91.5 that is one of the lowest marks in the nba among guards Actually, if you look at guards who played in at least five games this year and average at least 25 minutes a game, that's about 65 players in the league. He has the third worst offensive rating, only trailing Sergio Rodriguez, who is the starting point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers, and Lance Stevenson, who was on the New Orleans Pelicans, of course, and was with that second unit uh, that only had a 93 defensive rating. So that was it was kind of clear where that team was succeeding and failing. Uh, But Knight's defensive rating is 102.5. That is actually not too terrible uh, of a number. That's middle of the road, in fact, in the better half of guards in that group. So his defense does translate to those advanced statistics, and he really has been giving a lot of effort. Like TJ Warren, we've mentioned this on the podcast in the past. These guys are figuring out the next step in terms of, all right, they've got the energy on defense now. How do they use it? Because sometimes they're overzealous. They take a step or two. Too much in the wrong direction, and that equates to an open look for the team on the other end. But he has been really working hard, and the thing is, offensively, I think he's still trying to figure out what his game is when he's really working this hard. I know that sounds horrible to say and sounds like a really big insult to him, but honestly, he's just putting so much effort in on both ends that, especially offensively, you can tell he's still figuring out how to get the respect of the officials because at the rim. He's not really getting many calls, and some of them honestly have been fouls, but he just doesn't have the respect of the officials yet, and that's actually something that does play into being a scoring guard in the NBA, is having officials ready to blow the whistle for you when you are going up and trying to draw contact, and he's done that a couple of times a season and not gotten the foul calls, and then of course just finding the rhythm on his floaters and stuff, as you could tell by the shot chart I rattled off earlier, that was not a good place of success for him. Now, the big question here is what do the Suns do if Brandon I continues to play like this? If you look at his field goal percentage in the NBA among those guards, that's once again guards that have played in at least six games this year and average at least 25 minutes a game. That is, I believe, 65 guards in the NBA. He has the fourth worst field goal percentage. And here are the guys that are lower than him. Ty Lawson, Ish Smith, and Emmanuel Moutier. And he is trailing Rajon Rondo by 0.3%. So that is the group that he is currently with. In terms of efficiency. Now Brandon Knight has never been a very efficient scorer. But he's been in that 42-43% area. So it's never been this bad. And that's where you start to get worried. Because he is giving it all on defense. And he is really trying hard. But at the end of the day. If you combine his effort defensively. With his playmaking offensively. Where his assist to turnover ratio is not that good either. In fact it is uh, he's averaging 2.7 turnovers a game and 3 three assists a game, 3 even assists a game, so that equates to a little over 1 for a turnover-to-assist ratio. That's not very good, and some of the turnovers that he's committing in the game are very, very sloppy and lead to quick points for the other team, and I think that's why we've seen him get a quick pull uh, back to the bench in some instances by Earl Watson. He needs to have two of those things really going for him. He needs to be efficient offensively, and not turning the ball over while also playing well defensively. He needs to have two of those two of those three things going right in order for him to really see that 25 to 30 minutes of playing time and it just hasn't come together in really any game he's played in this year. And now we've seen after a couple of games initially to start the season in the last four games like I mentioned the 19 minutes per game we've seen Earl Watson be a little uh quicker to get him out of the game and pull him The the good news is that I think in the past two games, he has actually shown some signs of improvement. So in the last two games, the win over Detroit and the loss to Portland last game, he was five for nine from the field, shooting 56%. So there's the efficiency we talked about, but the assists and turnovers, three assists, three turnovers, and even 1-0 assist to turnover ratio there, and that's not going to cut it. Against Portland, he was five for 10 from the field, so again, the efficiency was there. Four rebounds, so he was getting involved in 19 minutes. And then six assists in 19 minutes, that is a good job off the bench playmaking and providing for others. Also had a steal, but once again, five turnovers in 19 minutes might be, that is more ugly than six assists in 19 minutes. So he's progressing a little bit. He's shown efficiency in the last two games. Of course, games like the openers, the opening stretch, really, he shot seven of 18 against OKC, three of 12 against Golden State six of 13 against LA and then six of 17 in the win over Portland on November 2nd. That's just going to come down to how he comes back from this really and how he's responding to it. He did look a little bit sulky in the game on Wednesday. He did look like he was sulky a little bit. Me and Owen Sambor from com both sort of noticed that he didn't look too pleased whenever they went back to the huddle and, Of course, anyone would be pissed when they were losing their playing time, and he has lost his playing time due to his play. But I expect him to come back. They are paying him a lot of money, and they are paying him a lot of money for a reason because he was nearly an all-star in Milwaukee, and he he has shown in the past, especially that game in Golden State last year, that he is really capable of carrying an offense for the first team, let alone the second team, and that's what they're expecting him to do. They've run this two-man game with him and Alex Len. I think it, they showed in the game on Wednesday that they are simplifying things for Alex Len a little bit, and hopefully they're going to be doing the same for Brandon Knight. I think Knight was sort of finding his rhythm in that game. He seemed to just be taking the mid-range jumper and seemed a little bit more in rhythm. It was funny. I was watching the Miami game last night against Chicago, and Tyler Johnson for the Heat off the bench was really making an impact everywhere. He was really making his presence felt defensively and then offensively. He always seemed to be in rhythm but really turned on the jets when he can he's really known as an energy player but he really played in rhythm uh and scott howard from brightsideofthesun.com tweeted like i really enjoy him he's fun i tweeted at him like isn't that what night is supposed to look like and that really is what it comes down to is that that's what the suns are looking for him they're looking for composed play offensively while bringing energy in key parts of the floor while taking a bit taking care of the ball Tyler Johnson was doing that as well I believe he ended the night with like four assists and two turnovers or something like that so not amazing stats but good enough indeed and that's what you want you don't want them to ruin the game for you and have five or six turnovers in less than 20 minutes and that's what Knight has done in some of these games already speaking of some of those games the Suns head in to play the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday at home this is the bigger game of the two in my opinion because Brooklyn is a team that looks to be sort of in the same place. As the Suns, we do not know yet if Tyson Chandler is going to be available. At least I do not think we know. Uh, Chandler, of course, dealing with the passing of his mother. We send our best wishes out to him, as always. We talked about that yesterday on the podcast. Uh, But if you look at the team side-by-side, they do match up fairly evenly. Uh, The rebounding, the assists, the field goal percentage, blocks, steals per game. They are very even. And the the Nets are a fun team this year. They, of course, led by Brooke Lopez. He's averaging 21 points a game on 52% shooting, so really a strong start. For the big man out of Stanford and what Atkinson has been able to do is get the most out of certain players Trevor Booker for example has shown that he is a capable NBA rotation player but Brooklyn has been starting him this year in uh, all their games actually and he has played really well Booker's averaging nine points nine rebounds a game that is someone and 2.3 steals as well he's leading the team in steals that's a fun little stat Marquise Chris is gonna have his hands full he has struggled immensely in the last two games, really, in all the games that he started in. Trevor Booker is a handful. I know that sounds crazy to say, but Trevor Booker is actually a handful for Marquise Chris, and it's going to be an intriguing matchup down there for sure. And then players like Boyan Bogdanovich, Jeremy Lin, even Sean Kilpatrick, the scoring machine out of Cincinnati, is averaging 15 points a game off the bench with four rebounds and three assists, really filling the stat line nicely there for Atkinson and the Nets' The big man, Justin Hamilton, the stretch five, out of, uh, who used to play for the Heat, Joe Harris. Remember, he was drafted by the Cavs. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, the defensive expert out of the U of A. Of course, Arizona Wildcats bear down. Rondé is a menace defensively, and this is going to be another really tough test for either T.J. Warren or Devin Booker. I expect him to be guarding Booker, actually. Uh, it really depends on who Atkinson wants Bogdanovich on. Rondé is actually the small forward of the two. But I expect Rondé to really be on Booker because he is really the heart of the team and the guy you look to stop more than Warren. Warren scoring 20, 25 points a game I think he can get away with. But if Booker gets on a roll, he can score 30, 40, as he's shown already this year. Hasn't reached that 40-point mark yet, of course, but he's getting there. As for the Warriors against the Suns, of course, we know how that last one ended up. They're going to be playing on Sunday, and the 106-100 win over Golden State really was just the Warriors stayed in like second or third gear for most of that game. They only shot 42%. They really weren't giving it their all defensively and were allowing the Suns to do a lot offensively, actually. And the Suns were really taking it to them at some points. But when you have Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, you can do that. Durant was 10 of 16 from the field with 37 points, and Steph Curry was 9 of 17 from the field for 28 points. So what they showed is that they can cruise through games and really ride the efficiency of their two superstars. And, when those guys put up field goal percentages like that and then combined for 65 points, it's hard to beat the team regardless. And Draymond Green had one of the best 5.9 assists, 13-rebound games I've ever seen with three blocks as well. Really was impacting the game despite really doing not that much offensively besides distribute. And really the key for the Suns is going to be keeping up with them offensively. I think this is a game where you need Brandon Knight to really step up and do what he did in Golden State last year. Devin Booker is going to need to have another 25, 30-point night. You can't have T.J. Warren have one of those rare off-efficiency nights in this game. Of course, he was 10 for 21, scored 26 points. He was outstanding once again. But uh, they're going to also need Eric Bledsoe to really bring it all night. Uh, We saw in that Detroit game he really took over late, but he was really looking to provide for his team early and sort of not cruise through the game, but pick his spots is the better way of saying it. I really want him to attack Curry from the get-go here and really look to come out on both ends and take over the game. And that's, of course, very difficult to say when he's guarding Steph Curry. That's his number one priority. Uh, so maybe that's where you look for him to have more of an impact in the game is just trying to shut down Steph Curry, which, of course, you can only attempt to do. You can't really do it. Uh, but they've already had experience with the team this year. Maybe that'll help them. Who knows? But what I'm looking for out of the sense is we can just get one win. Uh, hopefully it's against the Nets, but if it's not, Maybe you can pull off a miracle and Golden State at Oracle. Who knows? They did show last year, and they have shown, really, that they do show up in those big games when the big lights come on and everyone's watching and they know that certain eyeballs are on them. They do perform well. This team just does that. They have in the past two to three years, despite the win totals, and they're going to do it again Sunday. I think they're really going to show up and play well, but that Brooklyn game I'm actually really looking forward to. Like I said, we will be back on Monday, myself and Eddie House, to recap those two games. I hope I kept you guys entertained on my own, but of course I will be back with Eddie on Monday. Like I said, we will recap those two games and get you ready for the next week of Suns basketball. Talk to you then. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is 9 dollars And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.